Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, Dr. and Pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome to another edition of the What is Truth radio show. Pastor Michael Caesar here in the studio. Uh, looking forward to this uh, special episode we're going to have this week. If you've been listening in the past, you know that we have been working our way through the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And usually we have our panel of truth with Mark Sassy and John DiGiuseppe and Teresa DiPietro. But today we have a special uh, show for you. And if you want to hear the old ones or even today's after you listen to it and want to share it with a friend, you want to go to the website. We are sponsored by Grace and Truth Church. Got to spell out that long word, Grace, A-N-D, Truth Church. You have to put church there. Graceandtruthchurch.org. The homepage will come up. You'll see a sermons tab. Click on that. Then you'll see a number of tabs. Click on YouTube. And you'll see the What is Truth program, and you can listen to not only old studies in Acts, and we'll be back with those next week, but today's special study, we have our good friend with us, who's been with us many times before, the associate pastor at the Calvary Bible Church in Tonawanda, uh, Pastor Ed Luongo. Brother, good Good to to have you. And he's here for a special reason. He has written a great little book that I think will answer questions from the Bible. The book is called The Afterlife. And it's, I was looking at it. You got 10 great chapters, interesting appendices. <laughs> I think that first appendix is people buy just for that alone. Will my pet be in heaven? And you answer this from the Bible. I did but, the best uh, I could. <laughs> brother. But the book on it itself, forgetting pets and putting them aside, is looking at our souls and people. This is yeah. a great need. Yeah. And, uh, I was thinking about this and I thought uh, one day as I was uh, just sitting and, you know, contemplating, having read scripture and thinking about things. And, and um, it occurred to me that humanity, we all have a common, we have some things in common. Yes. I mean, God made it such. Yes. And one of the things in common that we have is, as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27. Oh, yes. If you want to turn to that verse, we can take a that's, look at it. That's a uh, sobering verse to think about. It's a sobering verse. It's something I don't want to think about when I'm a young man, but it's a reality. Yeah. I was just at a funeral last week. Yeah. And they had a, a good uh, pastor there uh, preach at the funeral. And he was basically telling the folks in the audience, this could be you one day, because the Bible says, the Apostle Paul told his Hebrew brethren in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto men once to die. And I wish the verse just ended there. And then it says, and after this, the judgment. And so. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that and I thought, uh, well, we all have that in common and I know another thing that many of us have in common, uh, I did certainly once upon a time, and that is, as I wrote on the cover of the book, uh, but inside the cover of the book, I, I wrote, Breaking Free from the Bondage of the Fear of Death. Ah, that's and, a universal fear. That's a universal fear. Uh, many, many people, many people fear death. It's the, un, yeah. the great unknown to them. Sure. But it doesn't have to be. And again, I was reading then in Scripture, I was reading the same book of Hebrews in the second chapter. Uh And that's where I got the subtitle from, 
for the book. It was yeah. from Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and verse 15. You want to read that? Uh? Sure. And um, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, that would be referring back to Jesus in verse 9, mm-hmm. Jesus also himself likewise took part of the same, he took flesh and blood, that through death he, Jesus, might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Subject to bondage. That's a mental bondage. That's an emotional bondage that uh, the Bible's talking about here. It's not talking about physical bondage so much as it is mental. People frightened, fearful. I just heard a story uh, uh, this happened at a camp meeting a, a number of years ago. <laughs> and the director of the camp wanted to get everyone's attention. And so they were out in a woodsy area and he was telling everyone, look, um, you've got your campsites. Uh, they're nice log cabins. You stay in them. Don't go out at night. This is a dangerous area. There are bears in this area. And so they were having the first meeting and he set it up where he had a guy in a bear uniform. <laughs> Look out, there's a bear. And people were running out, screaming and scared. Then he stopped him. It's just a joke. And But the fear, the fear, the fear. that we all naturally have. Yeah, and, and so many people will, will do just about anything. And, you know, the, the devil knows this. <laughs> he knows this. He's, he said in uh, uh, the, the book of Job, uh, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his own life. Yeah. Or his own, does he say skin or life? I forget. It, but, it's but skin the, for skin, yeah. Yeah, skin for skin. So he knows that people will do almost anything to preserve life. Sure. And why is that? I think largely because there's a fear. And, it's and unknown. It's unknown because because there aren't haven't been um, none of us have talked to anybody who went there it truly went there and came back. Yeah, truly went and dead. Now we can talk to somebody like that in the scriptures. Yes, because the Bible does talk about that. But this fear that I've looked at and this wanting to know, as I was thinking about it, I, I decided to start to take a look at some of the ancient cultures. I wondered, well, did they have? anything to say about this. And indeed, as I looked at the different ancient cultures, ancient peoples, I found that uh, every culture, every society, every age, every year uh, of people wanted to know something about what happens when I die. Yeah. What happens in, or as I call the book, the afterlife. Sure. And so I, I looked at um, a couple of different cultures. I think I looked at, let's Egypt. see. Egypt, I see Egypt Yeah, the here. ancient Egyptians. And I, I found that, yeah, they, they were concerned about, um, about death and what happens after life. And the ancient Egyptians, in some respects, were people everywhere are, are similar in that, you know, we live our life. We uh, raise families, we go to work and, you know, we, we uh, do some, we, we all eat and we gather around for meals, things like that with our family. And, and we all have different, um, perhaps different ways in which we celebrate different things, but we do a lot of the same things. And indeed, I found that in the ancient culture of Egypt, they wanted to know and they came up with some scheme sure. as to what happens to people uh, when they die. Yeah, the pyramids were a big part of the tombs and they had the book of the dead and they had texts written there and yeah, exactly. all these things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so I, I started to think about that and I thought, okay, well, that's an ancient culture. Does that make it right? Because it's old. 
Does that make it right simply because they thought about it and they were sincere, perhaps, in the things that they came up with? I mean, does that in and of itself mean that something is true? I mean, they've deciphered hieroglyphics from that culture from 2,500 years before Christ. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, before we had this completed Bible that we have in our hands here. So, you know, you might wonder, well, okay, uh, what about other cultures? Sure. And I looked at ancient Mesopotamia, and they had different beliefs about the afterlife than Egypt did. Right. But the point is, like all cultures, ancient or modern, they were thinking about the afterlife. Yeah. People want to know what happens to me. And they had different um, th- uh, thoughts as to, um, you know, what happened in the afterlife, where they went, you know, what happens, is there a soul, isn't there a soul? And um, uh, but they the, had their right, wise men write books. The yeah. Epic of Gilgamesh is from Mesopotamia. That's right. I think I referenced that yeah. in, in the... Yeah, uh, yeah here it is on page nine. Yeah, yeah, page nine. Yeah, the most notable texts of Mesopotamia include Gilgamesh yep, yep. and Enkidu and the Netherworld. Yep. Uh, Ishtar's descent to the Netherworld and Nergal and Ereshkigal. Um, and the common belief was in something called a netherworld. Right. And it, it wasn't really, um, it just meant that it was a place geographically opposite from the heavens. That's right. all it meant. Okay. Uh, but they came up with this, um, this line of thinking. And uh, again, all right, they were thinking about the afterlife. Yeah. What happens when we finally close our eyes in that last moment, draw the last breath? Yeah. I'm and, wondering about it. And I know you being a medical doctor, you saw, and, and he, you know, being a pastor also, you have seen people close their eyes for the last time. I've run a lot of codes, yes, and yeah. I had to call and, them, yes. And you probably, um, on, on some very ill people over the years, probably saw some fear in some of their eyes. Very common, yes. Yeah. And in the family's eyes, too. And the family eyes, yeah. because people want, it, want to know there's this great desire. And for obvious reasons, <laughs> we're all going to sure. make this appointment one day. I saw on, on page, uh, in the first chapter, you have ancient Greece. Yeah, ancient and, Greece. And it just dawned on me, let's see, Egypt, there's the African people. Yeah. Mesopotamia, there's Asia. Yeah. Greece, there's Europe. Yeah. We've covered three of the great continents That's with right. great civilizations. They're all interested but they're saying different things, aren't they? They're saying very different things. Okay. And and um, it was interesting, um, the, the Apostle Paul um, in Acts chapter 17, uh, he ran That's into Greek some chapter. of these yes. uh, uh, Greeks. And in Acts chapter 17, let me turn to that. And listener, you can go back on the What is Truth program and listen to our teaching on Acts 17. It's a great chapter where Paul is in Greece talking to the Grecians about their superstitions about death. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and while he's there in Acts chapter 17, and let's see, verse number, well, where do we want to start? I said 22, I guess, where Paul, it says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill sure. and said, Ye men of Athens, yeah. I do perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Yes. For as I pass by and beheld your devotion, see, they were religious in their nature, yep. I found an altar with the ins- this inscription, to the unknown God. And it's all capital letters. So that he by, goes by an altar and there's this, we don't know who he is, but to the unknown God. Yeah, people, again, <laughs> thinking about someone more than them, greater than themselves in thinking about the afterlife. And I love Paul because he goes on and says, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. In other words, I'm not going to tell you about an unknown God. I'm going to tell you about a God that can be known. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and talks about God made the world and all yes, things therein. Yes. 
Okay, and he goes on and on from there and describes. Great, uh, great. It's work. a great chapter. Yeah, um, you can spend a long time just looking at this chapter alone. But again, they were religious. They were thinking about the afterlife. And as I looked at um, the ancient cultures, and I thought, well, what about modern people today? Yeah, yeah. What about today? And I got this little chart that um, at the time was about uh, seven point eight billion people in uh, in the world. And that's pretty close to what it is today. I mean, who knows sure, exactly what sure. it is. And you got this from Wikipedia and going online. Yeah, going online, yeah. Wikipedia. And it was interesting because when you look at it, um, about 80% of the world's population has some form of religious background, belief, culture, tradition. Uh, tradition. Uh, yeah. And almost all of them if not all of them, deal, yeah, they actually I think all of them, as I was looking at it, deal with the question, what happens when I die? What is in the afterlife? And they come up with very different answers. Right. And then, of course, you've got people who, you know, they don't believe that there is, uh, we call them atheists today. Or agnostic, one agnostic, of the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know, so I don't think yeah. about it. I'm not religious, yeah. Yeah, and, and what might they be thinking about? I mean, the, well, the I was one of them. Okay, so, so there I you mean, go. Here's a good example. So, well... Uh, I mean, when I grew up, I, I grew up with a religion, but it didn't have the answers. It, it, I just sensed this doesn't seem right. And so I walked away from it. I met some other people from other religions who had kind of walked away from their religions too. And they were all at the university studying modern education. And we kind of became agnostic. We really don't know where we don't think there's a God anymore. Yeah. Because now science has shown us these things and we're learning the human body and, and the thoughts come from the brain and we're learning the neuroanatomy and, and there's no afterlife. But just one day, the heart stops beating, the brain stops, the EEG goes flat, the EKG goes flat and that's it. You know, like a piece of a stone or rock or a table, it's over. Yeah. Yes. You're inanimate now. So even, even though, you know, atheists, agnostics, somewhere along the line, think about yeah, death and what's going to happen, and they may come up with just like you said, just like eh, well, it just just ends. Yeah. Uh, there was a um, a famous professor; he's uh, dead now, and uh, his name was Stephen Hawking. Many people oh, know right. Stephen Hawking. Right. Um, it, I forget the books that he wrote: Theory of Time and Cre Creation. I don't know what he what he wrote exactly. I forget now. But he was a um, uh, what did he have? ALS, I think it was oh, uh, yeah. Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was pretty well crippled. Yeah. And in a wheelchair, but here's what he said, and and he's looked at as uh, you know a great thinker, great mind. I'm just looking on page 12 of, of the book, and he said, "I regard the brain as a computer, kind of what you were saying, which will stop working when its components fail. There is no heaven or afterlife," he said, "for broken down computers. That is a fairy story for people afraid of the dark." Now he may say that, but. Yeah. That's he his has, opinion. That's just his opinion. <laughs> yeah, he has absolutely no objective uh, reason for believing that. He just just believes it. Now, he died a while back. He did. It wasn't that long ago, actually. Yeah. And, and according to your book, which comes from the Bible, there is an afterlife and there's a soul. Oh, yeah. So if we could bring Stephen back today, I wonder if his opinion might change. I think his opinion would change <laughs> drastically, actually. I think uh, um, everybody with those kinds of thinkings, once they move on, would have a... <laughs> I think Jesus talked about a guy like that in Luke 16, yes. Yeah, he did. A, yeah, no, it's a good, good point. And, and I guess that was really the point that I was... The conclusion I was coming to is there are so many different thoughts 
about the afterlife? Is there another world? Does my soul go on and meet some gods and, and, and where I have to uh, sit in judgment? Of, they, they sit in judgment of me, whether I, I was a moral citizen and following the rules, uh, or maybe I don't believe in, a, in a, a heaven or a hell or another world or anything. There are so many different Or maybe my thoughts. soul comes back in another body. Reincarnation. Maybe, maybe I'll come back as a possum and yeah. then maybe one day come back as a, a princess. Yeah, or, no, yeah. reincarnation okay. was, I don't know if it's as big a thing anymore. Maybe it is, but I know uh, it's for a big while. In, the, in Asia, isn't it? It's still big there. Yeah, in, in other cultures, you're right. Yeah. And, and uh, they come up with uh, various reasons uh, why they think they've been reincarnated. And sometimes they think, well, you know, I, I've got these memories of this afterlife or, or, or another <laughs> life or something like that. And I just say, look, the, the devil's, the spirits are real smart. Oh, sure. Spirits can put all sorts of things Seducing inside your mind. deceptive spirits. Yeah. 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 And so these these folks have been deceived by a spirit is what's yes. happened to them. Um but as I started thinking, well, I thought, well, all these different things can't be right. Exactly. There has to be something that's right. That If there is truth, it's absolute. Absolutely. I mean, you, you were a mathematician, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, two plus two is yeah. four. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's not five. It's not three. It's not minus six. It's not. But you could have people who think it's this, it's this. And there's all these wrong answers out there. Yeah. Right. And, and so people can get, you know, just the average person on the street can get confused, maybe a little frustrated and wonder, well, how do you know what's right? <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't know for sure. That's, you know, they come to those kinds of conclusions. That's, that's what an agnostic mean. You can't know. I don't that's know. Right. Nobody can't knows. Know. Nobody knows. And I can't know. Okay. Yeah. But maybe the creator knows. We have a different, <laughs> that's right. We have a different answer. Uh, we have a different answer because we have a creator who was kind enough to write a book for us. Amen. And because he wrote this book for us, uh, the Holy Bible, and I'm talking about this King James Bible that I have sitting right in front of me that I can put my hands on and that I, I read every day and, and I can go to this book and I can find answers to the questions of life. Amen. The issues of life are found in this book and we can scope out this book and we can read this book by faith and understand just what it is. And, and you know, let me say that this life is short. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm 60, I'll be 67 in, in a couple more weeks. And I, I mean, I still remember being seven. Yeah. yeah. You remember playing tennis when you were a teenager, I, all those things? I yeah. sure do. I, like can still re yeah. I can still remember very, very well. Uh, so life is short. Life passes fast. And, and the Bible says, uh, let's see if I can find it in James chapter number four. James chapter number four and verse number 14 is a good verse. You want to read that, uh, Pastor? Uh, you, you read that one and I'm looking at another okay. one for you here. All right, I'm reading from the epistle of James, the fourth chapter and the 14th verse, and it says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor yeah. that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And that is true. And how many of us have lived life and we said life goes so fast. Yeah. Um, the, the brevity of life. You yeah, got something there? One of the authors, uh, David, as he was older in his life and he ah. was talking to the Lord, he says, behold, um, Lord, thou hast made my days as a hand breath. Ah. You know, just stretch out your hand from your thumb to your baby finger. It, it, mine age is nothing before thee. I mean, you live forever. 
<laughs> I mean, our life is brief compared Very to eternity. Yeah. 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 I was thinking of another verse from first Peter in chapter one and the 24th verse. And it says, uh, for all flesh is as grass. Sure. And all the glory of man is the flower of grass. And it goes on and says, the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. Yeah. And that's our life. It's here but a moment and then it's gone. And where does it go? What happens to us and how can we know? Um, and, and so I started thinking, okay, well, you know, there's a myriad of religious material out there, religious books and people that have wanted to know this question. Yes. To answer this question. So they write uh, books and you have different uh, so-called holy books and religious books and, and, uh, but they don't quite stack up to the Bible, do they? No, think of, of the uh, ones from the Far East, the I Ching and the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, of course, then there's the Quran. But most of those texts were written by one person in a short period of time. Yeah. And the Bible is remarkable in that it was written over, what, about 1,500 years? Yeah. By 40 different people yeah. on three continents, and most of them never met each other. Yeah. And then it's all in one book. And it just weaves together like, like a perfect yeah. basket weave <laughs> or, a, or a hand inside a glove. It yeah. just fits perfectly. Yeah. That's not possible <laughs> unless somebody intervened. And, yeah. and we know, uh, I think most of us, when we stop and think, even those who have wrong thoughts about uh, where to get their information from or wrong uh, thoughts about the afterlife, stop and look and say, well, we had to come from somebody somebody, some higher, they might call them a higher power or sure. something, had to bring this forth because it's just, life is too complex. It, it, it is amazingly complex. I mean, yeah. the human body, the anatomy, even the cycle of someone was just looking, there's going to be an eclipse coming up soon. And they were looking at the fact that the moon is uh, 400 times smaller than the sun and the sun is 400 times away so that when the moon passes in front of the sun, it perfectly can blot it out. If it was one mile wider or one mile less wide, it wouldn't do that. I mean, what are the odds of this happening? Yeah. One of the astronomers was saying they're astronomical. Yeah. How did this come about? <laughs> evolution itself is, is absolutely yeah. impossible. Yeah. It's not improbable, it's impossible. And, and uh, those with an honest mind actually know that, even yes, though they amen. may say differently, sure. uh, they know it's not possible. And, and so, you know, I started thinking, okay, well, I know uh, I, was, I didn't evolve from an amoeba or an ape or something. I know I was created. And um, I thought, well, might that same creator want to speak to me, speak truth a to amen. me? And indeed, uh, the creator... Um, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, part of that great three in one of Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, they did indeed have a desire to give us knowledge and understanding about much of what takes place on the other side in the afterlife. Amen. And I know uh, you, Dr. Caesar, because I've known you for years, um, for some reason, you trust the Bible. You believe the Bible is trustworthy. <laughs> Uh, yes. And <laughs> it's the only book I can trust. It is the only book that I can trust too. Even now you had, um, accounting books. Yes. And yet as 
the economies move on and the corporations develop and change, some of the accounting techniques will will be changed and there's new ways of doing things. I had medicine, my textbooks would change, new discoveries, they'd find old things we thought weren't true anymore. But this book, yeah, God says it does not change. There's no shadow of turning with this book. Yeah. It's constant, it's eternal, yeah, amen. it's inspired and preserved. Amen. That's what I found in yeah, my reading. Yeah, you said it right. You said I had accounting books. I had yes. them. I threw them out. <laughs> I, I threw them out. But I have a Bible. Amen. And guess what? I still have the Bible that I had before that before it wore out. I still have that Amen. Bible. And I have the one before that too. Amen. I, I keep those because they're the word of God. And and there's something in the spirit of a saved man or woman that knows they have the word of God in their hand because the Holy Spirit's inside them speaking and it and, and in tune to this book that he authored. I mean, you were saying before about um, how Jesus took part of flesh and blood, that he could destroy the one that had the power of death and deliver yes. us from the fear of death that we were in bondage to. And before I met the Lord and began looking at this book, I, I was afraid of dying. Even though I thought I would just be like a dead dog buried somewhere, my life is over. And I, I enjoy life. I don't want it to end. Sure. God's kind of put that hope inside of us. Yeah. And and I wanted to know. And once I came to the Lord through a good church and through the Bible, well, I don't have that fear anymore. Now I know when I close these eyes, it's not over. Amen. There's there's an eternity to be Amen. with the what, Lord and his angels. Yeah. When, when a Christian, when someone who has trusted the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and faith alone uh, passes from this life, you wake up in eternity, you wake yeah. up in glory, you wake up before the Lord. Yeah. Because we're absent from the body, the Bible says, and we will be present then with the Lord mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so when you um, know where you're going, you don't have to fear death. Um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the devil can't keep you in bondage of, that's right. of, of that thing anymore. Yeah, right. And that's the good news for those listening today is um, we don't have to, and you don't have to fear death if you come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? Amen. So so the name of the book here for the uh, viewers, I, I want them to get an opportunity to, I love the way you format it. I mean, it's it doesn't have 3,000 words on a Simple. page. It's, it's very nicely written. You have a lot of scripture text in here to confirm the paragraphs that you've written in your words. For example, when you write, uh, the point of the gospel is by faith in him and him alone. And then you'll have uh, verses from Romans 5 and and, uh, Romans 8 and various places like that. And the scripture is written in large, bold print. And then your is written in the regular print. It's very easy on the eyes to read. It's, what, 80 pages long. Yep. It's it's a, a great little booklet. For, how can people get a hold of this? I think it's a blessing, something to share yeah, with well, people who are questioning these uh, eternal uh, questions. Uh, yeah, well, if uh, somebody um, writes or calls into you, we'll get them a copy of the book. Uh, if you sure. want it quicker, they can go on lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com oh, okay. or Amazon.com. Okay. And you put in the title, The Afterlife, and my name, Edward A. Luongo, L-U-O-N-G-O. Okay. And that will uh, should pop up. And um, the books on, on um, online are $10, I think. And if you call in here, you get it free. That, that's that's a, that's, a deal. That's a great. <laughs> it's even $10 is a small investment. Yeah, it's a small investment. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't do this to make any money. No, no, no. I know you give the money to uh, missionaries. Yeah. But but it's, it's great because 
we do have these questions. Yeah. And, and it's a way of actually learning what the Bible says about it. Now, look, I advise you get a Bible too, but Bibles are big. They're 1,200 pages. This is 80 pages. And what you've done is you've excerpted the key verses from the Bible with some good, solid reasoning. And God says, let us reason yeah. together. God's reasonable. Are yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my sister's reading through this book right now. And, <laughs> and she said that uh, she likes to um, uh, read the books that I, that I write because I explain the Bible as I go along. Amen. So you listen to what is truth and we're going to have a station identification break. And the first half of the show is uh, winding down here. We're going to be back with you because we want to look at more at this book, the afterlife a proof that the Bible is true in chapter four. Uh, some of the topics that continue. So stick around. We'll be right back with you. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome back to the second half of the What is Truth program, a special edition that we're having today. We have a pastor, Edward Luongo, who's written a great little book that you can have, The Afterlife. And what it does is it asks the questions uh, what happens when we finally do close our eyes that last day and take our last breath? And the answers are given from God's word. But then you wonder, how can I trust the Bible? Because you were looking at the ancient Mesopotamians, the ancient Egyptians, the people from ancient Greece, uh, over in India. There's a number of books they've written about uh, the afterlife, so to speak. They say different things than the Bible does. How can I trust one book? above the others. Is there something that can give me an assurance? And I think chapter four of your book looks at this. Yes, it does. And I titled it Prophecy, Proof That the Bible is True. Amen. In uh, the book of Revelation, the 19th chapter and the 10th verse, the Bible says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. What is prophecy, Dr. Caesar? Well, a prophecy is foretelling the future. To know a future event before it occurs. Yes, very good. And and the Bible's done this in a number of places, I'm thinking, but yeah, let's, yeah. let's explore. Yeah. yeah, and one of the reasons that prophecy was written, I found in um, the Gospel of John, the 13th chapter <laughs> and the 19th verse. And um, as a matter of fact, are you turning there? You want I'm, to read I'm that? I'm trying to turn there right okay, now. Yeah, to get John there. 13, this is 19. Jesus in the upper room, a great, great uh, a section of the scripture, I always recommend to people, if you don't know where to read in your Bible, the Gospel of John is a great place to start. And if you really want assurance, you can read what Jesus did at the Last Supper, chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And, he, and, and Jesus spends the Last Supper with his disciples. And this is better than looking at the picture by Michelangelo. Because in the picture, nothing is said. And if they wanted to put captions to it, you better put these chapters. And here he's speaking to his men. And he says to them in uh, chapter 13 of the Gospel of John, verse 19, Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Amen. Uh, that's, a, that's a phrase used. Isaiah spoke that about God the Father. He said, I am he, that's God, the father. I am so he's, he. I'm God yeah. is what he's saying. Yeah. See, that's exactly right. That's, that's good. <laughs> and, and he's given us here one of the reasons why 
we have prophecy in the Bible. It's that when we see these things take place, then we'll believe yeah. on him, on God. Amen. Right? On the Lord His Jesus Christ. knowledge, yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean just believe. Listen, there's a lot of people that believe that Jesus was a historical figure. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh -oh. The historical evidence that he was, a, was a, what came as a man, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the question was, it really was, was he God or not? And the Bible declares, yes, he is God. Amen. Uh, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. And his name was Emmanuel, which is God with us. So that's what the Bible declares. And then the Bible then further gives us prophecies. Yeah. So that we might know that this book, above every other book, can be trusted when it speaks about matters as important as what happens when I die in the afterlife. And so we can have confidence because of that. And as I looked, and, and um, I don't know these because I didn't uh, uh, count this, but um, I have heard and I know there are hundreds of prophecies that Jesus, that were fulfilled in the, um, through the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection yep. of Jesus Christ. You many, have, many prophecies. On page 27, you excerpted some of the work from Dr. Stoner's book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to go California. Uh, excellent work that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. At the bottom of the page. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, Dr. Stoner, in his book, Science Speaks, uh, he was chairman of the Department of Mathemati Mathematics and Astronomy for Pasadena City College. Yeah. And Dr. Eddington and others, okay, well, that's a different issue. But um, here, one person fulfilling 48 prophecies. Yeah. And Jesus' life, death, and burial and resurrection fulfilled hundreds. Yes. But for one person fulfilling four, 48 of these prophecies is, and we don't understand this number, one chance in one times 10 with 157 zeros after it. Yeah. Now, that, that doesn't even... That's bigger than the deficit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's bigger than the deficit, yeah. Well, and that's why, to give a little bit of an idea, that's why I put this quote, Dr. Eddington and others have estimated that the number of electrons in the observable universe is one chance or one times 10 with 80 zeros. So this is far, far bigger than that. Um, That's impressive. Because yeah. I just want to tell you, when, yeah. we, when we used to do research and you wanted to get a paper into a refereed journal. So, so I, I just did this, uh, I did a study once on pulmonary edema. And we did all the research and are trying to show that this causes pulmonary edema. And we sent it to the journal and there was uh, a number of judges that looked at the statistics. And if they found, for my or any article to be publishable, it had to be one in 10. That was considered publishable. <laughs> if it was one in 20, it was considered an excellent article. This is one in 10 to the, this is 10 to the 17, 10 to the 100. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it, this is, exactly. This is not normal. This is not human. This is it, divine. Yeah, it has to be divine. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a, um, a famous um, French mathematician by the name of Borel. B-O-R-E-L. Right. Yeah. And he developed a law about prob probabilities that stated events with a sufficiently small probability never occur. And so he then further calculated that something with one out of 10 to the, with 50 zeros after it will never occur. 
By chance. Yeah. By chance. And so something like this with There's the prophecy. There's a designer. There's someone behind it doing right. it. That's right. There has to be. Yeah. And, and so when the Lord speaks about prophetic things, about, again, uh, events before they happen, it's absolutely certain that they're going to come true and have come true. And that was what happened in the life of Jesus. Yes. There are many prophecies, as you know, in the Old Testament sure. that uh, spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, like in the prophet uh, Micah, it was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And it says, but thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel's, and here's the key, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting, yeah. Micah 5, 2. So it's predicting his birthplace. Yes. You say, well, Jesus fulfilled it. How could he fulfill it? He wasn't born. That's right. He wasn't even born. Yeah. And well, his parents did it because they were reading. They lived 90 miles away from there. Yeah. They ended up there by what seemed like an accident of chance. Somebody just said, we got to be taxed. we got to go fill out our taxes. <laughs> and that pregnant woman goes down there and there she has a baby uh, in another town. Yeah. And it fulfills a prophecy. Yep. And and it fulfills a prophecy. So it's so when you, when you look at that in uh, totality and in summation, there is no way that the Bible, um, unless God ordained this book and wrote this book, could have done these things. Yeah, curiously, in the Quran, there's no prophecy of the coming of Muhammad. There's nothing about that pr predicting him coming. Correct. He was just, just a man. But this is the God man and God the Father lays all these prophecies in advance about his son as to when he'll come and yeah, how and, he'll come. And, and those things can yeah. be, uh, you can go online and look some of those things up. Yeah. And, and I, I've given a few examples. We're not going to go through them yeah. in this book just to give you an idea of the types of prophecies and how specific they were fulfilled. Yeah. Um, they were specific prophecies written hundreds of years ahead of time and they came out right on the money. Right. And so we can trust the Bible. That's what I concluded. When it comes to the question of the afterlife, we can trust the Bible. And then, uh, you know, I started thinking, well, what is the condition of, of man? What's the condition? Well, um, I know that the Bible says we were created in God's image uh, in Genesis chapter one, but then something happened, didn't it? Yeah. In Genesis chapter three. What was that, brother? Yeah. Well, that was the fall because well, you said chapter one, we're created in his image. Yeah. And when I think of God, uh, I think God is good. I think God is love. I think God is kind. I think God is merciful. Then I look around at the planet and see what people do. And I go, that, that doesn't seem like God. It no, seems a lot it different. So what, no. what's going on here? No, Something and, happened. And, and the Lord <laughs> said, look, you want to enter into my house? He said, there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever work the abomination or maketh a lie. So, so there's a problem. We were somehow started out good, but somehow we made a mess of things. That's what chapter three is about in Genesis, the fall. The fall of man and sin. And with sin, what entered in with sin? Well, death. Death, right? Prior to that. That's why people die. The yeah. wages of sin is death. God the wages said. of sin is death. That's right. So there is the origin of this problem that we have <laughs> that is of dying. It started way back in the book of Genesis, chapter number three. Yeah. And, um, and God was not, um, God told us, look, this is what's going to happen now. There's going to be death. And then yeah. as we started off earlier, uh, we found out that not only is there death, but the, the verse in Hebrews chapter nine went on to say there is judgment after coming the also. Death. Yeah. After that death. Appointed men wants to die. And after this, the judgment, we will stand before God. You know, I remember when I was 
back in the days of an agnostic, just thinking, you know, you die and that's the end of it. They had this comedian on on an HBO special one night and he was doing, I was smoking a joint one day and I was wondering, wow, imagine if like when I die, there really is a God. And I look at him and go, wow, my professor told me you didn't exist. I mean, now what do we do? And everybody's laughing hysterically. Hmm. But the fact is that is what will happen. That is what, what? will happen. Oh, That's God, right. Yes. No, we'll all stand before the Lord and it will be yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that'll be it. And it's, it's actually not funny because that is what's coming. And, and we know from, from the Bible that, you know, well, what happens when I die? Well, we know what happens with the body, don't we? Yes. It goes into a grave or nowadays there's a lot of cremation. Yeah, yeah ashes yeah. to ashes, one yeah. way or the other, yeah. right? Dust to dust. Yeah. And we know the Bible says that the spirit of man returns to God because it's his breath that he gave, but it's that living soul that he created. It's that part of me which has the ability to live forever. Yes. And it can inherit something very precious from God in the afterlife. Sure. And so God is is... He's faithful to tell us these things. Uh, he's faithful to tell us that there's a heaven to be gained and a hell to be avoided. Yeah. And it's that soul that will enter into heaven or hell. This is what the Bible teaches. There's only two pathways then. That's there right. There is no third one. There's it's one, it's light or dark. It's yeah. up or down. It's I was uh, uh, raised in, in a... Um, uh, 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 faith tradition, Roman Catholicism that taught there was a purgatory. And the purgatory, um, you had to, I don't know, I think you had to pray the person out into the next life, which, by the way, is what some of these ancient cultures believed okay. that were non-Christian, just to say. But but the Bible doesn't speak about those things. The Bible speaks no. about a heaven or a hell. You were just talking earlier about uh, Jesus when he was in the upper room speaking with uh, his disciples. But... Uh, a few months before that, somebody asked him a question about life and death, and he told a story about two men uh, that both died, one of whom had uh, believed what God said in God's word, and that one, he said, that man died and was carried by the angels, and he was in paradise. Amen. And then the other man who didn't believe what God said found his soul, his body was in a grave, but his soul was in hell. Yeah. And he was tormented. And just this, the wording, I believe you're reading from uh, Luke's gospel, 16, chapter yeah. 16. Yeah. Just look at the wording. The, the one who went to heaven was carried and the other was buried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a big difference. Uh, now, just the wording. Uh, I mean. I like that. Yeah, That's but nice. it's just the wording. But but it, it just gives you an idea of being carried into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jesus, again, he was faithful and loving enough to tell us about these things. So, so. We were saying earlier, these cultures, and we by nature, we wonder, what what's it like? And you were saying, well, we've never really talked to someone on the other side, but here is someone that actually prepared the other side because Jesus is God. Right. And he knows he's been there. Beautiful. That's exactly right. Yeah. That, that's that's why I spent time discussing why we can trust the Bible. Amen. So that when the Bible speaks, which is the Spirit of, of, of God, the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us through this word, we know we can believe what it says. And Amen. it's very clear it's about some of these things. Yeah, faithful and true. I mean, yes. the, 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 um, the Bible says of, of hell that it calls it the damnation of hell in Matthew chapter 23. It's yeah. nothing fun. No. Uh, 2 Samuel 22 talks about the sorrows of hell 
um, it compassed me about. And, and in Luke 16, where we were reading, I think you read about the torments yeah. um, in hell. It says, and in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments. So hell is not a good place. And the other great truth that, that you find in the Bible is when Jesus was saying that hell wasn't created for us. Amen. It, it, it wasn't. God doesn't want us to go there. His desire is to be gathered and carried into paradise where he is. Yeah. Very good. But it depends on faith. But yeah. and, and the devil, it was created for the devil. The devil was the rebel, the first rebel. It's created for the devil and his angels. Yeah. Exactly the right. Fallen yeah. angels. No, yeah. God, I mean, that's the whole point of the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. The good and, news. Uh, the good news <laughs> that Jesus Christ came to this earth, um, God manifest in the flesh. He died. He was buried. But then he rose again the third day to give everlasting life to any who would call on his name by faith and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. That's salvation in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. And he spent 40 days after that resurrection meeting lots of people, over 500 at one time and people on the shore. And he, and he talked to them and then he commissioned them to write these words. So these things are written that we may know. Yeah. And, and some of the writers of this very book that we're talking about, the Holy Bible, some of those writers actually saw him in his resurrected, resurrected body. body. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the same people that would have known whether that was true or not, whether Jesus truly did rise from the dead. They would have known because they were there. Yeah. And what happened to them? Well, their whole life changed when they saw the resurrected Christ. And many of them went out and they, 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 um, uh, with the gospel and some of them were martyred for their faith. Yeah. And again, they would have known whether it was true or not. And they let their life be turned uh, uh, over to the Lord um, sure. by faith that they had. So they no, no longer obviously had the fear of death. Amen. Because they knew that they knew that if we close our eyes, uh, as a matter of fact, one of them was the first martyr. I'm just thinking ah, about yeah. him back in the book of Acts. Yeah. When he's about to be uh, martyred and people are about to stone him. Not very good. And they're running after him and they're casting stones. Stephen. And, and Stephen is uh, calling upon God and saying, he, I mean, he looked up into heaven. He says, I see the heavens open. I see the son of man standing on the right hand of God. And he said, uh, God, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And it, it said his face was like an angel. He was smiling. Yeah, amen. No fear. <laughs> no the fear. fear is removed, just like no, it said that's in Hebrews. Right. And, and so much so that he was able to ask forgiveness for those who were throwing the stones at him. Amazing. That's amazing. Now that, yeah, that he that's saw. Supernatural. That's supernatural. That's not natural. Yeah. No, that is, that is not natural. Uh, no, that's not natural. But, but, you know, just as the as hell is a real place, so is heaven. Amen. Heaven is um, a, a reward, a reward. The, the Lord is our reward. But heaven is a reward for the believer, for the saint, yeah, yeah. as the Bible calls believers. That's what a saint is in the Bible, is anyone who's put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and um, I like um, what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, um, as it's talking about some of the things coming, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Yes, you it have says, that, um, as it is written... I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, with a capital S, the spirit of God. Amen. For the spirit of God searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And these things are written so we can know 
And God's so good. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the Bible, it's interesting. You took us all the way back to Genesis. I mean, he tells us the history, where we came from. He tells us the history of what went wrong. And then he gives us the prophecy as how I can make everything right through the work of my son. I've wrapped the whole thing up in a bow for you. Yeah. And then to really put uh, um, an extra bow on that is John chapter 14. Let's, can we look at that a little bit? That's the first famous upper room. Yeah. There they are in the last supper. Can we look at those, uh, um, those first six verses? Because not only did he tell us about this place, but he told us the way to this place. Yeah. yeah. And I remember here he is there. It's the last supper and he knows the next day. He's going to go to the cross yeah. and, and the men are starting to sense it also. And they're troubling them. And he says in John 14, verse one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That was a big thing to say to those Jewish it men. It sure was, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that was it, to, to them. If it weren't true, it was blasphemy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In my father's house, he says, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there, ye may be also. So and whither I go, you know, and the way, you know, well, yeah, I do want to finish that, but I, I was thinking about that yeah. first verse. Okay. I, I, I know as we're talking here and someone's listening to our voices that there are people today, right now, listening to this broadcast whose hearts are troubled. Sure. They may be troubled about something they're going through in their own life, or it may be someone they love that's going through something. Uh, somebody's uh, facing a, a cancer that has no uh, cure ahead of it yeah. or, or something, and their hearts are troubled. And the thoughts begin to arise in their hearts. And the Lord said to them, uh, let not your heart be troubled. And then he turns it towards him. He says, you can look to me and I will give you the peace that you need through Amen. this situation. But Amen. I'll give you even more than the peace. I will give you that, but I'll give you a place <laughs> in glory yeah. in heaven. And, and okay, brother, you want to read verse 5 and 6? Because that kind of ties it up. And, and so then one of the disciples named Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and, and how can we know the way? So how did Jesus answer him? Yeah, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, again, I know people because I am one. <laughs> and I know how, how I would think in the past. Um, and I, I think, well, no, well, just like Thomas, Lord, no, I don't know. And maybe somebody listening doesn't know. And that's what we're here for. We're here to tell you that you can know yeah. and be honest with God. If yeah. you don't know, yeah. if you are not certain uh, if you're not sure today, then ask God to reveal himself to you and he will take a step of faith, put your faith in the, in the lover of your soul. And when you take that step of faith, it doesn't have to be a big step because he will then meet you the rest of the way and yeah. he will confirm that in your heart. And then you will know that Jesus says, I am the way I'm the way to the father. Yeah. I mean, so, so faith is, I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe something. Yes. And, and we were looking at these other civilizations. They had their beliefs and they said different things. And, and God's saying, can you trust my son and trust my words? Can you put your faith here? It took me a while to do it. I, I mean, I remember because uh, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh 
to the father, but by me. And I'm going, that's pretty exclusive. That's pretty it narrow. It sure is, isn't I it? I mean, that kind of excludes the other things. I got to think this through. And it took a while for me to read a little bit more. And this is what God wants you to do, to uh, seek you out of the book of the Lord. Read these things. But isn't that like the truth always is? Truth is always exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Truth, truth what's it? Ex- it excludes the, the lies. The lies and the, the errors. Yeah, 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 and the errors. Yeah. Truth is always exclusive. It isn't... Uh, listen, those ancient cultures and modern peoples even today who believe uh, differently, they many of them are very sincere, but sincerity doesn't make truth. Sure. Uh, many of them had ancient books that they referred to, but that doesn't make truth either. Yeah. And Or they just come up with something in their mind like Stephen Hawking's did, like we uh, talked about earlier, but that doesn't make truth. Sure, sure. And and yet, you were saying one time we were talking years ago, it's a, it's exclusive, and yet at the same time, it's inclusive. Amen. Yeah, that's good. You want in- inclusivity today? Yeah. Today, that's one of the big things. Yeah. You're right. That's a good, good point, brother. Look, it's it's uh, exclusive in that it's narrow. There's one narrow way, but it's inclusive in that the call is universal. It goes out to everyone. Yeah. Whosoever will may come, the yeah. Bible says. Yeah. And For God so loved the world that yeah. whosoever, Amen. the Bible says. Yeah. Whosoever. And, and and whosoever cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen. Jesus says. His arms were open. I think on the cross, it's almost like a portrait. They're stretched out. Yeah. Saying, come to me. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I think of the Lord on the cross, I, I think of Matthew eleven where the where the Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that labor yeah, and are great, heavy laden. Great. That I always th- when yeah. when I read those words in, in uh, Matthew eleven, yeah. I always picture him like yeah. this. With how, his arms out. Yeah. How uh, much do you love me, Jesus? This much. He puts the arms Amen. all the way out, like a grandpa does with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, in uh um as I was looking at uh some more things, I you know, I thought, well, the, you know, in the last few minutes that we have here, the Bible talks about so much. And in this little book, even though it's short, I describe the things in heaven that are going to take place, the fellowship and the holiness. Yeah. And and the, I call it the house of no more, where there's going to be no more need for doctors. Amen. Sorry, brother. No, <laughs> no more no, need no, for doctors, Dr. Caesar, because up, there's going to be no death, yeah. Amen. no disease. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the place of no more. No more tears over regrets. Amen. No more tears over shame. No more tears over... Over, over pain and sorrows, yes. all gone, the book of Revelation tells us. Yeah, that's this, a, a new heaven, a new earth. Amen. And, and God says, and, and the God himself, I'll be your God. I'll wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. The former things, the bad stuff of life, they're yeah. all passed away. What a blessing. Amen. And all of this is made possible because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. God the Father raised him from the dead. The grave did not keep him in. And the Bible says because he lives, we too shall live. Yeah. We can live because Jesus lives. Yeah. He lives today. He is not the, the, the God of the, of the dead, but the God of the living, the Bible tells us. And so the resurrection is key um, listen, the, you know, when Jesus died, probably nobody in history, nobody, not nobody, nobody in history was looked for more than his. Yeah, that's right. Because the, the, the Jewish leaders and the Romans uh, uh, leaders wanted to find that body to make sure he was dead because of the rumors going around. They didn't want something to start. Yeah. They thought they were rumors and yet it was truth. Yeah, it was the true. Men were, we've seen him. We've seen the resurrected Christ. Amen. If we just find that body, we can stop this. 
And they, they had the entire empire look for it. Yeah, know? and yeah. they didn't find him no. <laughs> because he was in his he was in his glorified body, and he was then returning into into heaven Amen. to be with the Father. Amen. And and uh, you know, I, I also um, there's a, a great little book. I mean, or, or a verse in let's see, Romans chapter six. Yeah, uh, the great epistle that um, the apostle Paul wrote in six in the last verse of that chapter. You want to read that, brother? Because we're talking yes. about death and what happens Amen. when we die. And we're, we're coming to the end of the program, and we're going to show you where you can get this book. But here, from the book of Romans, a great book. If you're a Roman Catholic, please read the first six, seven chapters. Yeah, and it says here, the wages of sin is death, and that's true. I mean, it's a world full of hospital beds, and then graves eventually. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Brother, that's a great book yeah. that you've gotten for us. It's a, We want them to get this book, please. Uh, how do we get this again? It's The Afterlife. The Afterlife, and um, apparently it's not posted to Amazon yet, but I will correct that. It is posted or or. Um, you can purchase it for $10 on Lulu, L-U-L-U dot com. Yes. Or if they contact you, Pastor Caesar, um, here at Grace and Truth Church, um, I'll make uh, make it a point we'll get to get that to them. Absolutely. It, um, and I will get that back onto uh, uh, Amazon. And in the in the very last part of the book, I have a prayer of salvation. Good. But salvation is not just a rote prayer. And it, I explain that in the book, yes. but it is something that from your heart, you can follow on by faith. And, uh, um, and you see when you, when you take a look at it and just showing you the way to the father through Jesus Christ in that prayer, that's Amen. what I'm doing. Amen. And I thank you for being with us. That's uh, pastor Ed Luongo. The book is the afterlife Edward a Luongo L U O N G O. Uh, pick up a copy. You will be blessed. It's a great a present to give to those who are frightened and wonder what's the afterlife about. The answers are found right here in the book. Thank you for being with us next week. Join us again on what is truth and do like Jesus said this week, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. You've been listening to what is truth the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.